This episode of Ticket Volume is brought to you by us, Invigate. Get service operations under control in no time. Get one free month of our software solution by going to try.invigate.com. Ticket Volume is proud to present a contributor to the book Verism, Unwrapped and Applied, and an expert reviewer for the book Competing in a Digital Future. He then got started in service management with roles in configuration management and service delivery for software, healthcare, and transportation organizations. He holds multiple certifications, including ITIL V3 and ITIL 4, and was the sixth person to obtain Agile Adapts Digital Transformation Fundamentals certification. He has recently been named as D.B. Shanker's Head of Regional Service and Operations Management for the Americas. Welcome to Ticket Volume, news and information for improving IT experiences. I'm your host, Matt Barron, and I chat with different leaders each week to share insights on service management, technology, and basically just geek out. And this episode is going to be exactly that. I hope you're having a great day and week, and I also hope that you leave a comment or connect with us or share our podcast with someone. Get involved. Help us improve. Now, let's begin. Welcome to Ticket Volume, Alan Dixon. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, my pleasure, dude. My pleasure. I really want to thank you for taking the time to be here and meet with me. And congratulations on a new position, Head of Service thank Management you. for thank the you. region. That's always It's always exciting to try new things and, and be moving in the right direction, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So let's get right into the nerd stuff. I want to get yeah. into the details right away. We're really trying to focus ticket volume on being something that people can listen to and get something from. Mm -hmm. And you're a major configuration management geek, right? Yeah, that's where I got my start. That's where my passion is. Um, I've you know branched out into some of the other uh, um, processes, you know, uh, especially because of the, the positions I've held. But yeah, I got my uh, got my feet in the pool uh, with configuration management. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun, especially like, I don't know, I know you've got kind of a network background. And I think if you've ever touched any of the infrastructure, you, you look at config and, and I think you see it as like a solution, like it can solve something for you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You, 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 you look at it as with the big picture in mind. You know, um, you and I were talking, we talked, you know, uh, configuration management being the spine, you know, that, that central nervous system of the rest of the, the, the process, the service management environment, okay, yeah. or ecosystem, okay. Um, and that's, it really is. When it's used correctly, it can be that central nervous system that feeds and gets information back and forth between the different processes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so... Um... Of course, it's going to be related to these other processes. But what I'm really curious about is um, th there's this, I think there's this unspoken desire when people first learn about the CMDB. And I don't know if it's just because we're nerds or we want <laughs> we, we want data to be clean. We want that complete CMDB. We want it to be 100% accurate. And right. that's just not possible, right? It's a management nightmare. Yeah. It's, it, you, you have to start... Um, the, the, the old saying, you know, eating an elephant one bite at a time, you know, you cannot just say, I want the CMDB and I have to have all of these attributes. You have to pick and choose what's actually going to be valuable to, and a lot of people, you know, they start off with incident management. Okay. So what's going to be valuable from the CMDB for an incident? 
Okay. Start there, start small. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it going to be obviously, you know, the name of the device, if you're talking hardware, you know, you know, that kind of thing, but don't, you know, you, you may not need the full warranty information. It's good to have, eventually you're going to want it, but you may not need that right out of the gate. So start with the absolute valuable stuff that you have to have. And then you can grow from there. You can always grow, okay. but trying to wrap your your hands around that beast, yeah, right. you know, at the very beginning, you're going to basically get frustrated, and you're going to wind up at best with a partial inventory with a bunch of data points, <laughs> and that's not what a CMDB is. Yes, so. you have nailed it, dude. Start small, and um, one of the things that I've always noticed is that people. You're probably already doing CMDB to, to some mm -hmm. extent, right? Like sure. the the Microsoft server guy, he either has a list of Microsoft servers that he cares about or it's an Excel spreadsheet or right. something. I was just fixing to say it's Excel. That's where it's at. <laughs> Excel, the original CMDB. That's right. <laughs> I think that's their tagline or their coming tagline. <laughs> um, where else do you look for that kind of information, like for, for configuration information? Oh man. Um, you know, obviously like I say, you know, the lists and stuff like that, but as soon as you put it in a spreadsheet, it's obsolete uh. because things are changing constantly. Okay. Now does a serial number change? Mm, no, but we've gotten into this virtual world where we have the virtual servers and we have the, you know, the, the workspaces and stuff like that. We're just not a tangible item. So you have to have something that's going to consistently, discover and then rediscover and re, re um, capture yeah. that information. So you need something like a land sweeper, you know, on the, on the lower end or, you know, some of the higher end products that are out there because you just can't do this manually. Um, used to call that sneaker net, you know, where you, you get your clipboard and you run around or if you were lucky, lucky you had the laptop with the spreadsheet, you know, with Excel already on it. Um, but it was sneaker net. You just, we just don't have time for that anymore. You have to have something that's automated, but then you have to get into the governance of the data too. Is the data right? Yeah. Is the data valuable? You know, um, and how often do you update it? And that's a whole another part of that process where you have to have that governance of kind of, you know, how do we keep this data clean and be not believable, but how do we keep it um, accurate? Okay, because the one thing I've run into, and this goes all the way back to when I first did configuration management, the moment that an engineer sees a piece of data that's incorrect, they will never trust the CMDB again. Okay, that's how important it is to have the data correct, because if it doesn't match with his spreadsheet and what he has, he just, he just confirmed was right, he's not going to believe anything else whether it's about an application, a document, a location, anything. So it's got to be automated for one, and it's got to be correct and, and trust, you know, the, the, the trustworthiness of, of the data. Yes. So, there, there, there are, you know, pieces of, uh, you know, software applications out there that do that. They come with a cost, you know, the more, the more you want, the more you're going to pay. Yeah. So, that's you know. so true.
Right. Yeah, you could you could hire someone and and SneakerNet, you know, in the days of Azure and Google Cloud, you can you literally can't walk into the, no. the days okay. anymore. They won't let you. You know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so so you need you need to have that information, and just like you said, you need to make sure that it's accurate and trustworthy, and that you can control it so that when it changes in the future, it, it's going to be reflected in your CMDB. And, and either that update is reflected or it's marked as out of date. Like, hey, you know, we, we're missing this field because we just don't have discovery capabilities or whatever it is. Right, right. Communicate the accuracy of that data because that, like you said, it's how you build trust in the system. Exactly. Right. And if you don't have trust, you don't have anything. Yeah. So, exactly. You, know, you got to trust your applications. You got to trust your coworkers. You got to trust your company. And, you know, and your customers have to trust you. So yeah. whether your customers are internal users or, you know, external, um, you know, purchasers of a product, I mean, trust is, a, is huge. So. Yeah. So is that, um, is that where you usually see people starting on these journeys? Like, um, you know, you, you're, you're running service management now for this giant, uh, logistics company and is the first person you go to, to kind of build your CNDB, the asset manager, is that where you start to like capture and, and gather that information? That's some of the first conversations. Yeah. You know, and you talk to your clients as well, mm. you know, what's important to your client. You know, it's, I mean, you're, you know, they're, they're hiring you to perform a job. You know, obviously you want to deliver on that job. What is valuable to them? Okay. When it comes to, the the image that I, I hate to say the inventory because cmdb is much more than that <laughs> it's that relationship between all of the assets and how they work together but if you don't talk to your your client your user and know what they consider valuable then you're just throwing things at them yeah you're, you're guessing you're guessing you're thinking oh well, i think this is valuable and that you know, that has, you know, they may not care, you know, where the location of that server is, especially if it's in the cloud, you know, it's important to you from a, from a maintenance standpoint, you know, they don't care. They care that it's up and running. And if you don't know that it's not there, you know, so it's, uh, it's, again, it's, it's one of those IT needs to include the business and the business needs to include IT in that conversation. And again, we go back to the T word, trust, you know, yeah. and trust that we're, we're actually delivering value that they actually want. Um, it sounds like I'm espousing ITIL 4, but <laughs> and value streams, imagine that. Um, but, you know, and that's, that's where it starts, you know, the trust, building that CMDB or anything else, any other process and delivering that value because there's huge amounts of value in the CMDB if it's built correctly and includes the valuable data that's there, that's, that's considered valuable for that environment. And what isn't, what's, what's valuable for environment A isn't always necessarily valuable in, in environment B. Okay. Different companies need different things. Yeah. So, and different services need different things. You absolutely. might have, a, you might have a global service where you need to track, okay, let's make sure that we've got AWS servers in this region to perform right. this task. Um, but there's going to be some services that are hyper-localized, you know, maybe exactly. you manage payroll in the U S differently than you do in Asia. Absolutely. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, and 
you don't want to just track information because you can. No, it's no. always got that overhead. It's always got that management overhead and data right. overhead. So why track it if the customer doesn't think it's valuable? Exactly. Exactly. Dude, this episode's already full of fire. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we talked about it being related to other processes. And of course, we want the, the data to be clean and accurate. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I get my assets in. I, I take that asset, I scan everything, I, I install our discovery agent on it, I get mm -hmm. all the data from that server or that computer, and now I've got that in my CMDB. What do we do going forward? What is the primary process that CMDBs have to deal with? They, they have to deal with, and this, if you don't mind, I'm going to back up for just for a second. Yes, you do have your asset. You have your attributes on that asset. The C, at that point, you have a great inventory. Okay. The relationships between that server and the database server that it talks to. So the database, the application, the web application, that relationship yeah. between all of these moving parts. Okay. That is what I used to call the magic dust of mm. the CMDB. And, I, and sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle too great, I've got 20,000 servers that I've got in the database. That's fantastic. And where do they talk to each other? You know, what application is on that server? What, does, what, what service does that application provide? Okay, because you need to know that and, you know, put your seatbelt on, we're about to segue. You need to know that when it gets to change management. Because if you're going to do an update on a server, Fine. you need to know what applications are going to be impacted, whether they go, whether they're down because of a reboot or whatever, you need to know what applications and what services those applications provide are going to be impacted during that change window. Okay. Yes. So there is, that's, that's how important it is to change management. Okay. Um, hugely important. Because you, you should, when you when somebody submits a change, they should be listing what CIs, configuration items, are part of that change. Yes. Okay. And if your CMDB is built correctly, they'll be able to see upstream and downstream from that CI what is impacted during that change window. So, and that's, I think a lot of times that's what gets lost in the explanation sometimes of the CMDB um, uh, or service and asset configuration <laughs> management. You know, yeah. With that this time. Um, it's, it's that part that's so important because yeah. other than, if you don't have that, if you don't have those relationships, y'all you have is an inventory and yes. that, that's great for, you know, checking the box and saying, yeah, I know it's out there, but if you don't know how it talks, you know, and how data gets from point A to point B, yeah. then you're still kind of, you know, in a, in a kind of a nightmare situation because that server goes down. The first question is going to be who's impacted and how bad is it? Yeah. What service and, is it affecting? Right. And there's, there's times where I've seen, um, we don't know who's impacted because we're not sure what was on that server. You know, that is a nightmare situation, you know? So yeah, yeah and it, it, it could have been, Oh, that's just the test database that, you know, we were only using for staging last week. So, you know, 
right. legitimately it's no big deal but because you don't know now you have a priority one critical incident because you don't know yeah or you lost millions of dollars <laughs> you lost millions of dollars it was the email server that went yeah <laughs> or if... you know the, the 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 online storefront you mm-hmm. know e-commerce well, exactly. exactly yeah exactly. so so the the if we continue the metaphor of the spine like the cmdb mm-hmm. is the spine what we don't have is the the luxury of doing open brain surgery on a service and having them talk while they're doing the thing to say, oh my gosh, that's the language center. We can't right. touch that part of the brain. Exactly. You know? exactly. Th- there is no Perfect. feedback that's going to do that unless the system goes down necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. So that CMDB houses that central nervous system. Okay. That allows all the processes to have some type of input and output. You're absolutely right. Perfect. That's, that's perfect. It's perfect invisible. Output. It's, it's totally invisible. I, like another metaphor or, or similar story, I guess, is if you've got a printer on your network and it's just printing stuff, and you're like, mm-hmm. where is this coming from? No one can really tell unless you've got a good print server or print diagnostic <laughs> <laughs> or if you've connected that in some way to say like, look, these are the machines that connect to this printer. Here's how we right. know. Exactly. Exactly. You don't, you don't think about that necessarily until you realize that you need to think about it, but this is so much of what's why clients is asking for these kinds of things. Right. If I know what stuff is connected to then I know, okay, this is, um, this is HIPAA related or this is SOX mm-hmm. related. I know right. that I need to control these devices specifically and put more governance, more rigor into the, the chain. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what is the best setup you've seen? Is there the best setup? What is the, the, the most complete CMDB that you've seen or experienced? The most, man, that's a tough one. Cause I, you know, so of course I want to say, well, it was the one I worked on years ago. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. It was, yeah. Everything was perfect on it. Nothing was wrong. And every time something went down, we knew about it. So, and we knew about what was impacted. Um, I have to be honest. I don't think I've seen one that has really, um, answered the call okay. of being a good CMD, a really good CMD. I've seen, I've seen aspects of one yeah. you know, where a particular part of the network has been done and it was, it was, you know, they spent, you know, the time was spent doing it and it was great. And then another priority came up, Yeah, you know, and then, well, okay, well right now that's not, so resources get shifted. Sometimes they'll get shifted back, but it's, it's almost pieces and parts, you know, and yeah. You know, sometimes that's part of the business. You got you got to go where the business needs you, um, and you can sell this till you're blue in the face. You know, but if the business, if you're not selling the value to the business, the business isn't going to see the value. Yes, and, until, and, and, and you until only that critical so one incident, until that critical P one incident where you don't know what's on the server. Yeah, and then all the resources come back, <laughs> and they work on that part of the network and get that one done. <laughs> yeah, throw money at it until it's fixed. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, to answer your question, man, there, I've seen some partial ones that had a good, really good start, um, and some other ones that you know got just got stuck in the inventory cycle. Yeah, you know, um, and having something is better than nothing. Yeah, because you can't ma- ma- you can't manage what you don't know you have. You know, 
but you know that that it it still needs to move forward yeah. you know like the uh the the constant improvement cycle you know get a little bit put in place get some feedback you know tweak it build it some more get some feedback so now we're talking agile we're talking I till four. We're talking, you know, they all go together, just like the CMDB with the nervous system and all the processes. All the all of our our different methodologies kind of work together too, and we need to, you know, embrace that that agile and I till can work together kind of thing. I just segued again. I didn't even mean to. <laughs> You're a natural though. <laughs> you're so you're so spot on that that there are there are pockets. There, there's going to be specific parts of the infrastructure team where they say you know, or, or they've got the experience. So like this is the CMDB is important. We are mm-hmm. going to put time into our work schedule to make sure that this fits in the project. And every time we make a change, we're going to follow that process because we need this sucker. Um, and then there's going to be other parts that are out of your social purview or out of your influence. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you're, they're, they're maybe not going to leverage it to the same degree. Maybe they've got a competing tool, right? Like I mentioned uh, AWS earlier. They've right. got plenty of tools for visualizing their infrastructure. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to run into pockets like that uh, unless you've got like an overarching authority over them. right right yeah you must you have to <laughs> exactly yeah and a lot of times you don't want to rule with an iron fist yeah you, know, you want to have some some leeway there but having that kind of leeway speaks right to what you're talking about now you have to have all these different apis mm-hmm. that you're using to pull data in from multiple different resources which right. uh, that that's a management um obstacle as well yeah. You know, um, but, you know, again, you know, the, the, the other side of that is having one overarching one and then that particular company yeah. stops making that product or it go they go, they get bought out and that parent company stops making that product. Now mm-hmm. you're tied to one thing and the support's going to be gone, you know, so you got to be very careful and judicious in your, in who you work with and how you get that data back and forth that's such good advice man that is really really good advice and um yeah you don't want to rule with an iron fist you you want people to like their work yeah exactly decide how they're gonna do it because otherwise just but that is the new world order right Mm -hmm. because so much has changed you know i I think over the last 10 years app dev life cycles have sped up the with cloud computing the amount of resources we go through you know, we're cycling servers every day. Right. And so you, you, you're always going to have this mountain of data that you're trying to kind of manage and ingest. And so, yeah, it's, it's huge. That's the, how you keep up with the pace of change is the configuration management paradox. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, you can pull in all of the information on your 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 hardware let's just let's talk hardware for a second you put all the information in the hardware you'll never sift through that mm-hmm. and how are you going to present that in a way that's readable anyway you know that would be you know if you're using you know a web interface to show the attributes on your on your hardware and you've got 300 data points you know that the the six or seven that are actually valuable 
get lost. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm maybe a bit facetious on six or seven. Obviously there's data points that we like and, you know, service has theirs, the customer has their, you know, but they're going to get lost if you have a list that's 300 entries long or 3000 entries long. It's even worse, you know? So you have to have something that's readable, digestible to the right people. And maybe that means in an interface for this group and an interface for this group, so they're seeing what they need as valuable. And again, that means you have to communicate to those different groups. Okay. What support sees as valuable is going to be completely different than what development sees as valuable. Yeah. And, and, you know, as far as, um, you know, the different attributes yeah. and, stuff. and prioritize it. I love it. You, you, I'll rephrase it. You have high expectations of your vendors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give this man a good UI. (laughs) It is, you know, and we talk about, you know, that's at that point, I'm a customer. Yeah. You know, customer experience. I mean, you talked to Nat a couple of weeks ago. That's, I mean, he's all about, um, talking about Nat Brown. He is absolutely, you know, the quintessential, you know, customer experience guru. Okay. Um, And we all know what we need. We just need somebody to provide it. Yes. You know, but we need to voice our opinion as well in a polite way most of the time. <laughs> At least first. <laughs> yeah. When the bills are low, we'll be polite. We'll be polite. Right. <laughs> so uh, when you think about configuration management, like what do you think are some of the big opportunities or gaps that, that exist that, that you wish you could just wave a magic wand and fix it? Discovery. Um, I wish, I wish there was a way and there very might, there very well might be, I wish we could do discovery in a much more automated way without agents and stuff like that. I know there's some agentless stuff out there, um, but minimizing the bandwidth that it takes. Um, I think AI is going to be huge. Uh, I think it could really be huge in this space. Um, I'm not an AI expert by any means, but what has transpired just in the last year or two with AI is phenomenal. Okay. And you know, it's only going to do more. So, um, I think automating, um, and I think the government, we could probably see AI performing the governance on the data as well. Um, I think that would be, you know, you, you put the criteria in place, and AI is going to do it faster than any human could, but we don't, certainly we don't want to hen, end up with, you know, the how 9,000. So, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, but you know, I think that is where we should start really, you know, looking to do, you know, um, the, the utilizing AI in the CMDB space with the discovery, the governance, and then, you know, the population within the uh, whatever interface we're using to present the data. Yeah. Yeah. So, just, just like you said, if there's a thousand rows or a thousand records, like let's use a large language model to, to grok that, get through that sucker right. and show me what I need to see. Or, right. or in the governance side, like you were pointing out, this, this is brilliant, Alan, by the way. Thank you. Thank the, you. Uh, the, uh, uh, you know, sh- uh, I want to. I want to make a low risk change on this service. Show me which ones are low risk. How can yeah. I do this? Etc. That's that's brilliant because it it removes the the bias. 
Exactly. Exactly. The human bias. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't ask somebody, hey, is this a low risk change? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, it always is. Changes <laughs> <laughs> are always low risk. Um, so, you know, you, you have to take that human interaction out and you can't remove all human interaction. I mean, we're, 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 there has to be some type of oversight, but the mundane type minutia type things mm-hmm. that's i think where ai could step in and um with again with the right criteria you know you could you know, the in fact an easy one that you kind of just mentioned was analyzing the risk yeah. change. that's with the cmdb done correctly you know with the correct business rules in place on the applications and the servers and everything like that okay ai what's the risk on this change yeah you know, and it's going to come back and say, this is what's going to be impacted. Your low, your lowest use per day is at this time. So if you're going to do it, do it at this time, the min- that's going to be the minimal number of people impacted. No. You know, so now you're looking at potentially shifting change windows based on usage, not just necessarily an agreed upon maintenance window, you know, and you can tell your clients, okay, look, you have minimal usage of this application between two and three on Tuesday. It's, you know, it's, it's the, the system is basically unused. So that's when we're going to do this change right. as opposed to a Saturday, you know, Ticketmaster doesn't want you messing with their ticket sales on, on a Saturday. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that one too. That makes a lot of sense. Cause you know, no, I think it comes, it always comes down to complexity. You know, mm-hmm. can I check all the systems? Can I check the logs for usage? You know, right. You're throwing in that change plan and the backup plan on the change. And it's like, did I write it well enough? Did the change manager have the time to actually check that change plan? Is it accurate? Let's have mm-hmm. an LLM, like review it and tell us, you know, this is good. This is bad. Right. Right. Yeah, there's you know, tons of opportunity there. Yeah, you know, and I think the other thing too, you know, with you talking about change and meetings, I was like, I'm a big proponent of eliminating the cab. Oh yeah. Okay. The cab, um, it's a meeting. <laughs> Certainly, it's a meeting. Okay. That's a problem. <laughs> but that's, that's, yeah, especially with our with our schedules, but the cab has become kind of just a some talking points yeah in a lot of in a lot of places i've seen i've done cabin in a lot of different environments okay um and I, i'm thinking you know, to be more agile okay with with a both a capital and a little a to be able to move quicker push those approvals to the groups that actually are doing the work with the communication to the people that are going to be impacted okay Different environments are different. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, it works some places, won't work other places. But if you start doing that, now you don't have to wait till Thursday for the cab so you can do all your stuff on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, the customer has agreed we're going to do it at nine o'clock tonight. And it's a short, small change versus, you know, this big, huge chunk of, um, you know, release. It's, yeah, exactly. So, um, but do it without a cap. Yeah. You know, and you know, if there's a failed change, absolutely have a meeting, Yeah, you know, just, and determine why, 
okay, gosh, that's almost sounds like problem management. Start asking why, yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, but successful changes, fantastic. You know, maybe have once a month review our, you know, our percentage of successful changes was, you know, 97%. You know, um, for those that failed, this is what we've found. And yeah. this is how we're going to address those shortcomings in the future. So. Yeah. It's common sense. Do keep doing what works well and stop doing what does it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Stop doing the stuff that wastes people time, people's time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And change yeah. should always be happening. Like you said, it, it should be asynchronous. It should just be flowing like always. So right. uh, talk, talk to me a little bit about this digital transformation fundamental certification. What is okay. How did you hear about it? Well, um, I heard about it. Uh, Johan Botha, um, he's uh, down in South Africa with um, uh, a, a company called Get It Right. Okay. And it's like Get IT Right. So that's kind of cool. Um, he's CEO there. And I met him. Uh, he was one of the authors for Verism, okay. actually. Okay. So I met him with, you know, doing the Slack things and being on the phone and, and collaborating with a whole bunch of people all over the world. And then he decided he was going to write this digital transformation book, Competing in a Digital Age. I think this one is kind of flash to cover because I want to make sure I get the title right. Um, a little, I love one. it. Yeah, okay. Competing in a Digital Age. Yeah. Competing in a Digital Future. That's what it is. So oh, okay. he wrote that and I was lucky enough to help him do some reviews on it. Okay. Um, and when it came time to you know, do the certification thing, he reached out to some of the reviewers and, and we all kind of got together and did a little training thing. And it's all about this process. That's not just it. And that's what I love about it. I've been preaching for years that it is great. Okay. But it needs to be more than just it. Okay. It needs to be business. And of course we have enterprise service management now, which is kind of, excuse me, breaking down that IT wall that a lot of us encounter. Okay. And we encounter it going to the business, the business encounters it coming back to us. And um, my screen just went black. Okay. Go. I'm back. Great. Okay. Hey, welcome back. Know? Welcome back I'm to sorry. Ticket. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll edit that post. Uh <laughs> But, but, um, I've been trying to keep the screen from going into a screen the whole time. <laughs> oh, good. So, you know, anyway, it's, it's breaking down that barrier, that obstacle between the business and IT to allow what we know from IT, what we've experienced with processes and stuff and share with them and then vice versa. Okay. And there's, there's three stages. There's, three steps per stage. Uh, I'm not going to go into the minutia of it. Okay. But it's step by step. Okay. For any company could, can, can knock this out. They really can. Larger companies may take a little bit longer to steer that ship, you know, cause it's just a big ship. Smaller companies, <clears throat> excuse me, will certainly be able to accomplish something a lot quicker. Okay. Um, and see the results and, and get the payback from being able to um, you know, make these changes, you know, throughout the entire business, right? You know, from from IT to to sales to HR to you know the uh, you know marketing, you know That's that kind of. Head. So it's it's 
enterprise-wide as opposed or company-wide if you're not quite considering yourself an enterprise, company-wide and embraces the entire process. So it's, and, you know, it's, it's really, uh, I think it's valuable. Um, of course, I, if I didn't think so, I wouldn't have sat in on the, on the training and then, and then got the, the, got the cert. Um, but you know, it's in its infancy. We're still kind of gathering, you know, the, those professionals together and then kind of, uh, expounding on it. That's why I'm kind of, you know, you were nice enough to let me, you know, to bring it up and let me talk about it a little bit. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, it sounds and, really and, interesting. It sounds it super is. valuable. It, it, it is absolutely because, and it's, it's, it's method, how you method agnostic. It, it doesn't say this is ITIL and this is the way you go and push it out everywhere. It's ITIL, it's agile. It's, you know, all the other different methodologies kind of just an amalgam of, of things that have been learned and using these simple steps to walk it through until you get to that end result. Um, and I, I suggest anybody you know, that's interested, um, there's a couple of uh, LinkedIn um, places that you can you can look it up. So. Well, we'll try to get Johan on the podcast, right? Absolutely. I think that would be fantastic because obviously he's going to be able to speak to it better than I can. Um, but, you know, and I know a lot of some of your previous um, uh, guests got had the certification as well. Okay. So uh, I believe uh, Dave Cannon. Oh, nice. Um, he's got it. So um, he'll be a, he certainly, he's always a good, a good voice to listen to. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, and Dave um, Burrow. Oh, yeah. Number one in the world. He was the first one that got the cert. Love it. So, yay him. <laughs> Love it. Yep. Well, you're in good company. Okay. It has been great talking to you. How can people connect with you and learn more? LinkedIn. That's uh, they'd reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, more than happy to connect to people. I always like to uh, expand in the network and, and listen to, to ideas and see what's out there uh, and get input from people. Um, so yeah, look look me up on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Excellent. Thank you so much, Alan. Thanks for being on Ticket Volume. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you, buddy. And for our guests, did you know that you can join a live Ticket Volume episode? We hold them every month. So register today at TicketVolume.com and click on register. Thank you for listening. You can change and improve this podcast by DMing me, leaving a comment, or just shouting into the void. And speaking of Ticket Volume, did you know that this podcast is brought to you by Invigate, a fit-for-purpose service desk solution with integrated asset management and a CMDB designed to let you focus on supporting your organization's without arduous implementations and high cost of ownership. In fact, IT teams from Toyota, NASA, and McDonald's use Invigate to manage requests, automate workflows, and centralize inventory data. Because this way, they can focus on delivering better service. Because good service is good business.